0: If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: down a step, a bit giddy up there, a uh, long way down. Good. Well, that's a very familiar passage to us, isn't it? It's one we've been uh, looking at in all sorts of different ways over the last uh, few years, right at the centre of our vision as a church. Uh, slightly strange question, first of all, though, as we get into this passage. Um, are there any remainers out there? Um, No one's putting their hand up, but uh, don't don't worry, I'm not on a post-Brexit sort of witch hunt, we'll discuss politics some other time. But um, that word remain is a bit of a standout word in John 15. In fact, in the first 10 verses of John 15, that uh, word or Greek word is translated into remain uh, on 10 occasions. It's clearly something that is very important. Maybe Jesus was a Europhile, I don't know. As I've said, it's a familiar passage to us. It's the one which inspires our church logo, which is there on the screen uh, behind us. And it speaks powerfully of the fruitfulness that we all seek. And it calls us back to our true identity as branches on God's vine, being tended and nurtured towards maturity. And the key message for us is that to be effective as God's people, we must remain in the vine. We must remain in Jesus. The annual report is full of accounts of wonderful, varied activity of the Christchurch community over the past 12 months. Inevitably, it's uh, quite descriptive in nature, but its activity only makes sense if its participants are connected to the vine, inspired and motivated by Jesus, reliant on him for our strength and energy, trusting in him for our fruitfulness. Jesus says, Apart from me you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. It's quite stark language isn't it? What the report can't fully pick up is the ways in which we've all sought to remain in the vine, the ways in which we've taken responsibility for our own relationship with God, through our prayer and study, through our reflection and reading, through our fellowship with one another, the ways in which we've feasted on the goodness of God, living with the assurance of his love and his favour towards us. In any year of church life, there will have been plenty of things to celebrate, much of which is picked up in here, but also some challenges. I'm sure we could each name different challenges we've faced in the past year, Uh, just picking out two as a church community, very different in nature. Martin Brown's illness and death has hit many of us really hard. Raised questions, maybe doubts. What is God doing, such a faithful man of God? And we've needed to encourage and support one another. Very different, something like the building project, the reordering project. We're making real progress with that. It's fantastic. We should be back in the building in September or early October on track for completion. But it's been a tough journey and it's still ongoing. But we've been able to encourage one another through our giving, through our prayer, through our input in various ways. And encouragement is so important. And that's why I'm taking us on a slight tangent this morning, if you'll indulge me with the uh, illustration I'm going to use, because it relates to a certain run I did last week. But what has struck me this week as a real key to remaining in Jesus is The role of encouragement. The key role we have in spurring one another on. Keeping each other focused on Jesus. Now, I was um, rather foolish. We'll go on to the next slide. I'm I'm just really grateful that I've been able to... I'm really grateful that I've been able to retain the editorial rights because I've got a package of about 46 photos. In, in most of them, um, it looks as though I'm completely dead. Um, so these were probably the, the most flattering of the, uh, of the whole lot. But uh, I foolishly entered this, um, this marathon and and um, actually felt pretty good in the build-up. So um, last Sunday morning at about 9 o'clock, I was um, heading to the start line. A friend of mine dropped me off. Um, I, training had gone well, no injuries of notes, um, I was full of anticipation. The only thing that was rather disconcerting was, of course, the weather forecast and the reality of the weather last Sunday. Why did this mini heat wave choose to, uh, to come at the time it did and then go at the time it did? If I'd run on Monday morning, it would have been a doddle a walk in the park. Well, not quite, but you know what I mean. So I I started this uh, race from from Blackheath, and there were 40,000 of us all together. And uh, to start with, it felt all right, the first eight miles or so. Um, I had someone watching me at mile 10, so I was determined to make sure I was still running at least until mile 10. Um, So I ran past them, looking all fit and energetic, knowing full well I was going to need to break into a walk uh, fairly soon after that. The heat was just debilitating, and I had to lower my expectations as to what sort of time I might finish. And so at various points from 10 miles on, I had to slow to uh, a walking pace. But never for very long. And two reasons for that. One, the fact that I was fairly determined. But I think the main reason, actually, was the encouragement of others along the way. In this case, the encouragement of complete strangers. At the very lo- uh, No, if we could stick back with that one. Sorry. Back to the other one. If we Can go back. At the very last minute, at about um, 8 o'clock on Sunday morning, I'd um, at his friend's house and he had some marker pens, so I'd scrawled my name on my running vest, on my running shirt. And uh, as I was going around, all these people, all these complete strangers were crying out. Come on, Paul, you can do it. Come on, Paul. And it was amazing. The atmosphere was absolutely incredible. But It was great when I was doing well and you heard people calling your name. Even more significant at the times when I was really struggling. I remember I got to um, Canary Wharf, which is about 17 miles in. It's probably the worst point on the course because you're still heading away from the finish, um, and it's around all sorts of sort of tower blocks. And I had slowed down to uh, to a walk. I was feeling pretty lethargic, but there were these people on this corner who were just shouting out, "Come on, Paul! Come on, Paul! You can do it!" And it forced me into a run. Even though I didn't feel like running, other people spurred me on and gave me the encouragement. And then all along the route, people were offering oranges and bananas and jelly babies, shouting out my name. What an encouragement. There's a verse in, we'll go past the uh, crowds now. There's some of the crowds. There's a a couple of verses in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. I was spurred on by others in something as insignificant as a foot race. How much more important is it that we spur one another on in the race of life, the Christian life? And we do so in a variety of ways in the context of our community here. We do so as we meet together as the gathered church on a Sunday, on a Thursday. Second part of uh, that uh, verse, or verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. We need to prioritize that meeting together that we might encourage one another to remain in the vine. It's very difficult to keep going as a Christian without the gathered church, without meeting with others. One or two of my friends are trying to do that. They're not part of the church community, they've retained their faith, but they're missing out. They're missing out on the fullness of God, part of which comes from meeting together. We also encourage one another to remain in the vine as we pray for one another as we pray for one another after services, as we pray for one another in prayer triplets and life groups, through the prayer chain, through the, there's now, a probably heard, there's now this clipboard here where you can sign up with prayer requests, either for yourself or others, and those things will be prayed through, either brought into the service itself on a Sunday or prayed through by those who meet at various times through the course of the week. Helen's put together the, the, the prayer diary for the exams again, where we can encourage our young people as they go through the challenge of these next few months. Prayer is such an encouragement for us that we might remain in the vine. I know I've really appreciated the prayer of others at different times during this past year. I'm sure many of you have too. Prayer spurs us on. And then we're also encouraged as we meet together in small groups. We may find a big gathering like this a little bit impersonal, but to meet together with a few others in a, in a home group, in a prayer triplet, in a discipleship triad, whatever it might be. Space a bit more intimate for honest sharing and questioning and praying and worshipping together. And as is um, sort of drawn out in the summary of the uh, survey we did at the beginning of the year, those in life groups consistently reported yeah. the fact that they feel more connected to Christ, more connected to his family through being a part of those groups. Let's just go back to the marathon for a moment, and there's a slight flaw in the analogy. I spoke of a crowd cheering on the runners, and yet if we're to remain in Christ, we're all runners. There's no room for spectators keeping their distance from the action. These reports are about all of us playing our part. And the incredible variety of ways in which that can happen. We're called to encourage one another from within the race. At one point, about 20 miles into the uh, marathon, when I was flagging a little bit, one of the pacers came up alongside of me. Now, a pacer is someone who, uh, basically, they're wearing this big flag coming out the back of their neck, um, which says, three hours 30 or 3 hours, 45 or 6 hours or whatever. And you know that they are primed to finish in a certain time and usually there will be a more experienced runner who will um, ensure that they go at that pace. And if you want to do that sort of time, you run alongside them. And so this uh, guy came alongside me and although I was flagging, I thought, actually, let's run with him. Let's try and go at his pace for the next mile or two. And it spurred me on. And so often we need others alongside us who can spur us on. Maybe people who have been that little bit further in the journey, have that little bit more experience of living for Christ and serving Him. It's great that our children and young people have got their leaders and others who encourage them along the journey. Some of you are prayer partners with those young people. That spurs them on. But we all need people to spur us on that we might remain in Christ. And the equivalent of the spectators for us they're actually described in Hebrews chapter 11 where it goes through a list of the great men and women of faith. A great list of those who've gone before. They're described as a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on by their example and by their witness. The saints down the ages. That includes the likes of Martin, of Roy Pope and others no longer with us here. Screaming at us, screaming at us, keep going Deb, you can do it Stacey. Remain in the vine and finish the course. And as they encourage us, as we encourage one another, as God works in us and through us, we will bear fruit, and God will be honoured in all things. Let's pray that that might be so. Amen. I think Joe's going to introduce uh, a chant in response to him. Thank you
2: so much. So much that we can encourage one another in, but I think that one of the things we can do is to use song and simple chant sometimes to not only encourage one another, but encourage ourselves. There's a verse in the Bible where King David is described as encouraging himself. And one of the verses that comes out of his spirituality Uh, the words that have been taken into a Tezei chart. Bless the Lord, my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, who leads me into life. Now, I'm not going to put these words up on the screen because I want us all just to either be able to to sing them with our eyes closed or just to look around us, to think within us. Bless the Lord, my soul. Bless God's holy name bless the Lord my soul, who leads us into life, leads me into life, whatever you like to sing? I'm just gonna sing that through a few times, and we've done that. I'm going to give us an opportunity to use the words that are uh, the affirmation of faith, that are described from scripture. Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he was raised again, and appeared to his followers. As we sing those words, we are encouraged by what Jesus has done for us and how our faith in him gives us strength. Let's remain seated just to allow these words to become deeply true for us. So it's going to play through the first Bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, my soul. And bless God's holiness and bless God Holy Name. Bless the Lord my son. Bless, bless the Lord my son. Who leads me into life. Who leads me into life. Sing that a true again. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord